I want people to feel like they're walking into, you know, this kitchen is our home. Welcome. Enjoy our food. Mm. You know, build relations with the customers because if you build that with people, they are going to continuously come to you. Then rather go to a place to where it's like just the normal, hey, how you doing? Mm. Here's a menu. And then you order, you're done. Hi, I'm Josh Owen. As the owner of a video marketing company in New Orleans, I've been on the quest to learn everything I can about marketing. Everyone has a different style, different strategy, and a different experience. Is there a wrong way to do it? A right way to do it? Let's find out together as we make marketing make sense. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Make Marketing Make Sense. I'm your host, Josh, with Comfy Stone. And today I'm joined with Peter from Bomb Meat Boys. What's up, Peter? How you doing, man? How you doing? Well, today we're here to talk about the importance of carving a niche in the food industry. I think your restaurant has done a little bit of that. A little niche. A little niche. A little niche. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, tell me all about it. I mean, what what makes your restaurant so innovative, so unique here in New Orleans? So my restaurant is pretty much, I just look at it as a second generation Vietnamese American restaurant that fuses, for me personally, everything I've experienced or flavors I enjoyed or food, anything. So my restaurant starts off foundation sandwiches, but you know, sometimes I like to veer off and do specials and just what I like. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it's what you like is what I like. Cause that's, <laughs> because I'll tell you, man, you know, I was so excited to have you on the show because, man, you know, your menu items, I mean, we think about Vietnamese food, a lot of people are like the classics, the pho, mm-hmm. the banh mi, you know, and, you know, you put the traditional things on it. But when I went to your place... There wasn't the traditional things on it. There's a little something unique, a little something extra on there. And so, you know, for me, it was just seeing that, you know, spice come to life, I think, you know, made me want to keep coming back for more. I mean, did you ever at all think about, you know, that that was going to be a good marketing tactic to, like, set you apart from the other Vietnamese restaurants? Because there's so many Vietnamese restaurants in the city. Of course, that was that was a factor. Um, when I came into this, into this um, you know, I wanted to not just open up a Vietnamese restaurant. At the time, everybody knew what pho was, and then bun mi was yeah. kind of secondary. Yeah. And I wanted to go at the full throttle, so I'm, I wanted to introduce what bun mi was and also kind of like remix things to get people excited about the cuisine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, do you think that when you first started, what was that What was that like when you first started? What, did it like, did it catch fire right off the bat, or, you know, was it a slow grind? What was it like, you know, with, you know, your banh mi concept? It was definitely a little grind. It was, you know, starting off business is always kind of crazy and hectic, but, um, you know, I had to wait it, wait it out, and People started to, word of mouth, you know, we're right by in the neighborhood in Metairie, and people started trying it. At the time, I had two specials that was not, you know, that nobody else had, which was, you know, oyster Rockefeller fries and uh, steak and abonea, which is a steak and egg, and we had that on the sandwich and fries as well. And that's what really kind of, like, lit a little fire under the marketing and showcased our restaurant and just built from there. Wow, yeah, because it's like when people were able to try it, they really felt like this was something unique. Did you feel like there was a brand identity that you created from that? Or like, you know, what was the, what is the brand identity, I guess? And like, how did you build the brand identity to really get people to, you know, gravitate towards your concept? So that was just a little bit of taste. Like, like I came into this with like minimal experience. So I just kind of like trial and error the first mm. year. 
Yeah. Like two specials. And then when I, when I seen customers got excited about that, I ran specials like every three months. <laughs> and then that's how yeah. I really accumulated all the items on my menu. All my items, that's all fusion stuff. It's all specials that I ran. Yeah. And then the ones that really hit, I, I stuck it to my menu, mm. which... I had to stop hoarding items on my menu at one point. <laughs> it just became like 30 items. You were a Chinese exactly. restaurant at some point. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so wild. then I just started stopping there with all the top hits and then yeah. just rotating specials. Wow. Yeah, you just came at it strong. And then like, you know, uh, so too about that is you, you have these specials, you're, you're building this thing up. But, you know, uh, I think having such unique menu items is that like why, you know, why keep going in that direction? How did you know that that was the right direction? Really, organically, it's just me. I, I just enjoy creating new things. That's mm. what excites me. That's what gets my mm. blood flowing. So, it, you know, I like to go in the kitchen and just try to create something because I came into this business as a foodie first. Mm. Like, I was the consumer. I was the customer. Mm. So I knew things that needed to be done for, like, the, the food scene and, and showcase that. And it really brought joy mm-hmm. to where I can create something fun and mm-hmm. exciting. Customers enjoy it. They take that bite and they just mm-hmm. like dancing and everything. So mm-hmm. I just enjoyed yeah. the whole, that part of the business. I, that's what I enjoyed the most. That's the best part, man. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, we, sh- we should have brought some bombies with us today. I know. We should have been munching down, yeah. you know? You know, I mean, like. We have breadcrumbs everywhere. Yeah, that's, dude, that, <laughs> that's, all, that's an occupational hazard, you know, right there. So, um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, uh, when it comes down to that too, though, um, a lot of people, do you think you need a niche? In like the in like especially like you know uh, if I a lot of people in New Orleans would say like Vietnamese food's oversaturated. There's so many Vietnamese restaurants everywhere. Like, do you think you know to start a restaurant the best way to success now that you've had time to experience it and everything, and you're opening up more restaurants, you know, um, which you're franchising. Which congratulations on that, man. But you know, do you think that building a niche is important to you know really getting yourself out there and being able to build? what is a food empire? Yeah, I think that's that's a definitely a factor. Um like I I learned that to really succeed or have a little bit of piece of the market, you need to have something that somebody else doesn't have. Mm-hmm. So that's what I base my menu off of. Like you see my menus like you don't see really too many people have what I I have on my menu and and you need that to kind of, you know, differentiate yourself from other businesses. That's awesome. I'm going to cough real quick. <laughs> um all right. <coughs> All right. Well, yeah. So, I mean, you know, especially when it comes to that, like, what would you say? Like, obviously, that's a big factor. But is there another factor that you would say it also adds on to the success that you've had so far, you know, to allow you to start getting into franchising and things like that? What what are what is the other main factor that really drove your success? So one of the things I've learned is I feel like this is the formula. You need to have great customer service and amazing food. Mm-hmm. If you have those two, it doesn't matter where you're at. Or what your place looks like. Maybe it has to be clean at least. But <laughs> Some but, people love those holes. I know, I know, I know, I know. But like those are the two that for me that's the formula. If you can if yeah. you can knock that out, yeah, you have you're gonna have longevity right. in your business. And then for the franchising, for me it was all about branding and image. Mm. So I wanted to have, you know, a legitimate logo. I wanted to have art displays on my wall. And I wanted to create an experience to where people that's why I really had the idea from franchising because I had mm. people come in and was like, is this a franchise? Wow. I was like, no, it's not. Because wow. it looked like it, my business portrayed as if it were. Wow. So that's when it sparked me like, let me try to make this into a yeah. franchise. Interesting. Because, yeah. like, I mean, when you say, like, putting art on the walls, like, everybody tries to put art on the walls. But, like, what was it about, like, your brand, your logo that spoke 
to that, you know, like what was it that really do you do you attribute like to the style, I guess, to the brand that you built that really attributes to saying to people like, is this a franchise? Well, it's, it's funny that people ask because it's attached to a gas station. And then, you know, when you actually go to certain gas stations and you look at my place, it's not it's not <laughs> well, nowhere like, near what, what it looks like. So it's like, this looks kind of like out of the box. Yeah. So why is this here? And yeah. they, that's it. Calls, that kind of concept also built interest into mm. my business. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. It's like, you know, I guess that's that juxtaposition for, too. But like also, I think, you know, one of the things that I noticed is it's not just like a piece of art in the wall. Your whole wall is the art, you yeah. know? It's like you went big, you know? And I think that's with every menu item is like, would that be the way you would describe it is like going big, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm all about doing everything big. Like you come in, you got big portions, big flavors. You got to just yeah. do it big. Yeah, you. if you, I, I, I usually you order a, a sandwich and fries, but man, if you order a sandwich and fries, you're right here, you got to be extra full. You know? You're eating for two. You're eating for two right there. That's right. Yep. You know, but it's well worth it, you know. It's like, uh, that's, 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 that's the two I'm happy about, you know. But I mean, going back to it too is you're talking also about um, community engagement, you know, mm-hmm. as far as like building that level of trust um, through your, like you mentioned, customer service and stuff like that. Like what was your, like your strategy? A lot, you know, a lot of people probably don't think about that when they're opening a restaurant, but I know that's really important and it was very important to you. Like what was your strategy for, you know, building community engagement? My strategy was simple. I always tell my staff, you know, we're open kitchen. I always tell my staff, you know, just be yourselves, have fun. And then when people are coming in, act as if they're coming into your home. I want people to feel like they're walking into, you know, this kitchen is our home. Welcome. Enjoy our food, mm. have conversations. Like I always tell my front of house, you know, build relations with the customers because there's there's the one that's gonna support us. So you know, f- know them on a first name basis as many as you can that actually you know want to yeah. <laughs> have that kind right. of relationship, and that's very important. Like if you build, if you build that with people that they are gonna continuously come to you, then rather go to a place to where it's like just the normal. Hey, how you doing? Mm. Here's a menu, and then you order, you're done. Mm. No, yeah. Have- I mean, because, like, when when you say that, the first thing I because, like, I've, I've been going to your restaurant for, like, since 2017 or in that area. So it's been a, it's been a minute, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, one of the first things that I noticed when I was there was, you like, you have, like, the at-the-counter order, you know, and then it deli- they, you know, you pay up front so you, everything comes to you. It's kind of like the transaction's done, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't expect anything else. And But then you're sitting there and you're eating and, it, you know, like you're saying, you have that gas station vibe. But you're sitting there, you're eating, and then uh, somebody comes up to me and says, hey, well, can I get you a refill? I'm like, a, a, a refill? Like, what, you, uh, what? What? Like, I thought I was supposed to go get that. Or I'm like, hey, can I take your food from you? I'm like, wait, I thought I was supposed to do that. So it was like, did you tell them that that's something they should do? Or like, was that just like the, uh, like, how much of it goes... How much of all these little micro, you know, transactional moments did you tell them to do versus like just giving them this philosophy and they ran with it? Well, I give all that credit to uh, my fiance, which runs the front of house. Oh, she's front of house she's family. worked the uh, service industry most part of our career. Wow. And yeah, that's all on her. Like she she really loves her job and mm. she loves interacting with people and making people smile and giving mm. them the best service you can. And that's another thing too about being successful. Like, I, like you said, you go to the gas stations, the next to the gas station, you exceed their expectations. Mm. You're not thinking this. We're, we're yeah. kind of like a hybrid of, you know, fast casual but full service. Yeah. We're counter but full service in sense that, yeah, you're going to get refills. We can box the food for you. Mm. We're bringing out the food to you and, and everything. You're getting the whole spiel. Yeah, that's all. I mean, I, I 100% blew me away. Do you feel like that like as you franchise that's going to be harder to kind of build up like is it going to be hard to keep that level of service is it going to be hard to like how are you like how are you going to translate your fiance's like that style 
you know, into everything else that goes out there. I mean, that is a tough thing. I always tell these franchisees, you know, uh, I like to go be there for a hiring process initially when before opening, mm -hmm. and I like to let them know, like, you know, you need to hire um, social people, people mm -hmm. that that are like do this naturally, organically, because mm -hmm. it's tough. I've I've hired people that's really first job, haven't mm -hmm. interacted with people, and they're kind of like. You know, they're not doing the mm -hmm. right, you know, service industry drive. It's not yeah. for them. But, yeah. you know, always try to try their best to get those kind of people in. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because I definitely feel like that's uh, an interesting perspective on it is, like, building that up. I mean, uh, especially, obviously, you're, you're, you're slowly getting in that, so I don't want to, like, harp on it too much. But, like, you know, going back to what your success was, you know, and where you are today, like, what would you say, you know, uh, as far as like your presence on social media through other forms of media, like did media help at all? Like did like through this success? Media was a huge, huge catalyst for my business. Like I've been featured on airline magazines, you know, airlines, yeah, uh, YouTube channels with global influence, wow. and like those really. The what well, well, first one was uh, this one uh, YouTube video for First We Feast, and then after that. That it just snowball, wow, snowball, and it's like my thing is is like, but like, a lot of restaurants here would kill for a first we feast, um, kind of presentation and and follow up and all that stuff. But how do you how did you how do you get that? Like how did you get that? How did I get that? Was this uh, one guy that he originally I think he wrote an article for like Times Picayune, and then. First Feast was doing a New Orleans feature on the Vietnamese food scene, and he kind of, like, attached me to that. Mm. So it was an all-connection from the initial initial publication right. of media. Right, and I think, but, like, also, because, like, so many people are now trying to discover Vietnamese food in New Orleans, but, like, again, going back to it, your brand is, like, so unique that, of course, everybody wants to attach their brand, their story to your brand because, you, like, what other restaurant in New Orleans is doing what you're doing? I forgot, was that a question? <laughs> that wasn't a question, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. It felt like a it. question. That was a, <laughs> I, got, I got, no, I'm just saying, like, that's, I mean, that's what I observed from that, right? Like, I mean, you built that brand, yeah. and you went from it, you know, went out for it there, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, thankfully, like, I was, I have a very, I'm very passionate about food. I, I graduated with a marketing degree. Mm. So those two combined really helped, helped yeah. me, you know, build to what I did. And I was... I always grew up analyzing stuff. I wanted to go mm. into advertisement, so I always grew up analyzing commercials, asking uh, myself, "How can I push yeah. that product?" Yeah, I don't know why, but it's just it was always in me to kind of do that. Yeah. So, yeah, create combining that with trying to be creative and create new dishes and and really showcasing things to people, get excited about, get them talking. So yeah. That was always the goal. Yeah. Well, I mean, my last you know uh, bit on that is other you know restaurateurs or people that want to start their own restaurant concepts, you know. Uh, let's say someone's out there trying to start a Korean restaurant, you know, what would be your, you know, advice to them as they're starting their own thing, you know, building their own, you know, concept? I would say try to be well-rounded in the whole experience. Um, also have somewhat of something that can, you know, separate yourselves from the competition. Mm. That is key. Because if you're just like the next person, the, the rate is just not high. Mm. So you got to be different. You got to be something for people to talk about because right now it's, it's all about content. And if you push something out, like a, something that's never been done before, one person going to try it, they're going to post it, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it might sort yeah. of snow, snowball to, you know, a whole article being written by you that, oh, look at this unique one dish that's never been seen before. Yeah. Something for people to talk about. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, I think I can't, you know, hit the nail more on the head. Um, you nailed it there. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to ask you some <laughs> special questions because uh, these are some things that I'm really curious about um, mm-hmm. to get, you know, you know, get some of your takes on it. So okay. we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to talk about tradition. We're going to talk about Vietnamese tradition. Oh. We're going to talk about Vietnamese food traditions. So, I mean, these are some, you know, some easier, you know, we, we could have gone, we could have, you know, dove, dove in even deeper, but... Um, you test but, me on history right now? No, no, no. no. <laughs> you're, good, you're good on that. We're talking food here. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. No, so I want to get some hot takes here, you know. So, you know, what would you say of all of the Vietnamese food dishes that we all have come to love, what is the most overrated dish? Mm, man, there's so many. So There's many. so many. Oh, so, oh, no. Wait, oh, you mean overrated? My overrated. Bad. I thought you meant underrated. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep, um, think damn. on that. Damn, you trying to get me hated right now? <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Nah, you know it's all, it's all, it's all love. You know. That's tough, man. Cause I really enjoy food. I enjoy everything. Like I'm very open minded about trying anything and everything. Um. You gotta pick one. What's the overrated? Let's see. Let's think of something that I don't usually order. Okay, so maybe one for me is uh, um, oh, seafood pho. Seafood pho. Seafood pho. What's what's in a seafood pho? It's just. A and seafood why do you bro. say that? Overrated. It's like, do people eat seafood pho? N- no. Was it like overrated? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm sorry, I can't answer your question because nothing's overrated. Well, do, do Everything's you think delicious. Pho is overrated? All right, well, do you think pho is overrated? Because no. I feel like everybody's always trying to I, go for pho. Pho is one of those things I could eat almost every day. You could eat pho every yes. day? Yes. Wow. That wow. and spam, eggs, and rice, and soy sauce. I could eat those every day. Spam, eggs, and rice, and is that yes. eggs, and rice, and soy sauce. What about, yeah, like uh, spam? Uh, you, you don't eat, uh, put, put a little bit of. Um, Seaweed paper in there? Yeah, furikake. Yeah. Love that. Okay. But not that's not always on hand, you know? Okay, wow. <laughs> well, now we know. We know it's in your kitchen now. No, or what's not? Um, okay, well, then, you know, you got to pick now the most underrated dish. We didn't really get an overrated dish. It's like a overrated dish half, you know? But mm, what's the underrated dish? Underrated. Right now, I think people need to go out there and experience them some hiu tiu. It's like what? a hiu tiu. It's called hiu tiu. Yeah, hiu tiu. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a um, it is a seafood kind of soup. Okay. I think usually yeah, it gets, but uh, they have really right now it's a hot one. Well, it's a very big fan of this place in Houston called Funky. Funky. And, yeah, and they have a dry version right now. Like you know, they have the usually the broth version. Now they're having a dry version where they give you everything dry in a bowl, and they have a little bit of broth you can add to it, but also a reduced sauce, and you put that in. And this is. This is what Hugh Q is? Hugh Thieu. Hugh Thieu is? Yeah, that's the dry version. That's like a new... This new, is new. That's a new version. Oh, wow. But You're already ahead of me. Yeah, it's a, but the traditional one is a bra. Oh, bra. so it's like a seafood... Yeah. Well, you got me all confused here. You don't want a seafood pho, but you want a seafood... Nah, it's different. We have different bras. Oh, my God. Yeah, pho is a oh different bra. God, I don't know. Dude, you got, you got me all confused. It's levels, turn. man. Yeah, there's only levels It's levels. Dude. Also, boon reel, too. Some what? Boon reel. It's, a, it's like a crab shrimp soup it's like a crab i made it the other couple weeks ago it's like a crab meatball with shrimp in it with tomatoes and it's delicious what makes all these soups different it's just all the fixings are different it's like prepared different like they have there's yeah people don't know there's so many different soups 
but it's all like some of them like kind of like uh, shrimp based broth or a pork based broth. But the uh, fixings, the fixings all vary. Yeah, we love our soups. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean that's always to me. I feel, I find like I can't taste the nuance in the soup as much sometimes. Like some some, some people are just like this is the best pho, and I'm like, is it the best pho? I don't know. This tastes. It's like coffee. Like I like I'll drink coffee. Like you know I'll drink a I'll, I'll eat a pho. You know I love a good pho, but it's like I don't know if like this pho is better than that pho. Like you know how do you know you can't one tell two different phas? I don't. You know, well, I mean like I can taste. I can taste like I don't know what makes a pho the best pho. Like what makes it the best pho? I don't know. For me, it's like the flavor punch. It needs to. It needs to be salty with a little bit of sweet and super aromatic for me. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's like like because those flavors are hard to build in the pho. A lot of mm. people kind of do shortcuts. There's a lot of bad pho out there. Well, that's why I think that's why I say that is maybe because there's a lot of bad pho out there. Not calling any names, but I'm just saying. Say it. You know. Say it. You know. I'll call him right now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all right. That's about time for us to wrap up. Hey, man. Peter, thanks so much for joining me, man. No problem. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks again. Where where can we find you on social media? Um, Official page for Bummy Boys is B-A-N-H dot M-I dot B-O-Y-S. Public PSA. Bun is spelled B-A-N-H not B-A-H-N. No one... What? No, Look y'all, at did, it. y'all did do it. Okay, uh, okay. I just want to put it out there. Yeah, put it out um, there. It's B-A-N-H... B A N H B A N H dot M I dot B O Y S personal page P D E N T P E T E Y E N T. Wow, man, spelling impeccable spelling. I know. You got I actually it. lost a spelling bee one time, so not that great. That's bad. That's bad rap, man. This is bad rap. All right. Well, this has been make make Well, this has been make marketing make sense. Thank you, Peter, for joining me, and no we'll see you Appreciate all on the next one. This has been Make Marketing Make Sense, brought to you by ComfyStone. If you need video content for social media, your website, or email marketing, hit up ComfyStone at ComfyStone.com. And follow ComfyStone on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you on the next one.